In this episode, we discuss new phones from Google and new computers from Apple. Also, I've got a challenge for you that's actually more of a buyer beware warning. My name is Luke Clayton, and this is Connection Culture. Welcome to this episode, and I'm actually doing something I've never done before in this episode, and I'm actually welcoming both of our podcast audiences to the same episode. I've cross-posted content before, but this is the first time I've ever produced one episode with the intention of putting it onto both of our podcasts, Church Media HQ and Connection Culture. So I am glad that you have joined us, and I want to encourage you to make sure that you are subscribing, that you're following, that you're staying connected with our content. Of course, it's available on YouTube or anywhere that you listen to podcasts. And I want to take a moment to encourage you, if you're listening to one of these shows but not the other, well, hey, maybe check out the other one. If you're a church leader or a creative, then you're really going to benefit from the content of Church Media HQ. We drop two episodes a week there. And if you are just a general consumer, uh, someone who appreciates technology or uses technology, which is really all of us, then you're going to like the content of Connection Culture, which does drop one episode every week. And so, again, I hope you will subscribe, that you'll follow, that you will check out each of these podcasts. Also, particularly for our Connection Culture audience, from time to time, you may notice that our content gets suppressed. You don't see every episode that gets posted to social media. Well, that is because the almighty algorithms of Facebook and Instagram in particular really don't like a lot of our content because we talk about how you really shouldn't be wasting your life scrolling Instagram and Facebook and, and so on. And they want you to do that because that's how they make their money. And so if you want to make sure that you are seeing every episode, that it's not getting suppressed, by those algorithms, then you're going to want to head over to mustincrease.com slash CC, where you can sign up for our weekly emails, where every time we've got a new episode, we're going to send it right to your inbox so that you for sure will not miss an episode. Again, all you got to do is head over to mustincrease.com slash CC, that's the letter C, letter C, and sign up for these emails. Also, if you're a Church Media HQ, you can also sign up for our weekly podcast emails at churchmediahq.com. Well, we are going to be doing something today. Again, this is kind of like I'm, I'm blazing a trail here today, doing things I've never done before. Having an episode that is designed for both audiences, but also I'm going to be talking about, for the first time ever, a Google product. And I am so excited to actually dive into an all different kind of content because as you know, I love talking about Apple stuff because that is just my preferred uh, uh, a manufacturer of choice, if you will, when it comes to technology. 
Google, on the other hand, I use Gmail, I use Google Docs and some other things. I think it's actually a really great, uh, they make some really great, I should say, online tools and products, but their hardware and their software in the form of Android, I'm just not super impressed with, nor have I really given it much of a chance. So I'm really branching out today by covering something about Google because Google had an event this week. And are you ready? Are you ready for the big news? They announced the new Pixel and Pixel 6 Pro. And that's it. I was going to cover it in more detail, but hey, you know what? Let's be honest. I, I just, it would bore you because it would bore me. And so we're going to move on and talking about what Apple did this week. And that's because Apple had an event that focused on two main things that focused on music and the Mac. And so let's dive into everything that it covered. So, and I'm going to go over this very quickly per usual, giving my disclaimer here that the goal here is not to bore you with all the technical details, because I will tell you this, Apple sure did their best to put us all to sleep at certain parts of this presentation, talking about the these super techie things that even though I'm somebody who probably is above average in my knowledge of, of that, it, it was it was just going over my head. And so I am going to just talk in really, really simple terms, simple terms that really tick off the techie people because uh, they think that uh, my uh, inferior explanations uh, aren't sufficient to describe things. But you know what? I don't care because I just want to say things that you're going to understand. And so here we go. So talking about Apple Music, first of all, and Apple Music is, of course, Apple's streaming music a, a, a platform where you can subscribe right now. I believe the cost is anywhere from nine to $15 a month for depending on if you get an individual or a family plan. Well, they introduced a new lower tier actually that is called the Apple music voice plan. And I'll be honest with you, this to me, I, I can understand it, but it seems a little bit on the gimmicky side to me. It seems like the biggest gimmick, if you will, that Apple has pushed in a while. So the idea is that you can use Apple Music, and Apple Music, of course, has millions and millions of songs from basically every major artist, all the big albums, they get put on Apple Music. Well, uh, they are introducing a plan where you can activate Apple Music exclusively by way of voice through their uh, Siri virtual assistant. Well, this is, to me, super unappealing because, yes, I do enjoy Siri. I appreciate Siri, and, and I love asking Siri, hey, what's the weather? And, you know, maybe something like, uh, what's, uh, what's, what's my calendar look like? Or, you know, asking it a random question or to set a timer for me. There's all types of applications. And I do occasionally like to say, hey, play this song or play this playlist or whatever. But... Uh, for me, I am definitely not going to, would not even consider trying to use Apple Music exclusively through Siri and through the voice activation. So basically what this means is that whether you're using a phone or an iPad or, you know, the Apple's HomePod uh, home device, you can just ask Siri to play music, to play a song, and it will do it. However, you won't be able to visually access Apple Music. So you won't be able to scroll and browse visually, you know, which for me, uh, again, I just don't really see this working for me. Of course, I have, I've, I've been on an Apple 
they have their their bundle subscriptions, Apple One. I've been on that now for almost a year, which, by the way, I, I do enjoy. I appreciate There's a lot of benefits to it, uh, cloud storage and music's one of them, Apple TV and all of that. And so for me, I, I have no interest in, in – I would definitely not be interested in, in giving up all that just to, to save the money and go with a $5 a month plan here because uh, that's just not for me. But maybe for you it is. And I can't understand the approach they're taking here because, you know, for example – uh, Amazon with the uh, Echo and Alexa, they've been doing this now for a while where you can access their music streaming platform for around this $5 a month rate. And and of course, that gets people who uh, order, because for most people with Amazon, hey, all they have is an Echo. They're not using, some people are using Kindles and other things like that. But, you know, by and large, they're not using a lot of uh, their other devices. The Echo is probably the most dominant uh, thing that you have. You very likely have one uh, or know someone who have one. And so, yeah, there I can understand why Amazon would do that because, well, that's the probably one of the biggest ways that their their Amazon music platform is used is through Alexa. But with Apple, I don't know. This just, again, seems a little bit like a gimmick to me, but maybe it's for you. It is very affordable. It's half the price, $4.99 a month for Apple Music voice plan. So this is kind of what led the way in their announcements. And then speaking of the HomePod, and again, the HomePod is Apple's answer to Alexa that uses Siri. Uh, they introduced new colors. I know big whoop, blue, orange, yellow. So if you're looking in the market for a colorful HomePod, well, or HomePod rather, they are now available. And probably the, the most significant announcement they made in the music category is AirPods 3. Uh, of course, AirPods were, they came out, I believe, about five years ago, and there's been several iterations of them over the years, and they've introduced AirPods 3, which are really, to me, they look most like a hybrid between the uh, the AirPods, the original AirPods, and the AirPods Pro. Uh, and, uh, you know, they've, of course, uh, they, so they have that new look. Of course, they do have upgraded sound quality, a better battery life, uh, and some other nice features. It does seem like a pretty nice upgrade. I will say AirPods are very, uh, they are a little bit of an investment for headphones, or at least they seem like that. But I, I have AirPods Pros. I've had them for a couple years now. I do love them, use them all the time for everything from listening to podcasts and music, of course, but also for making phone calls, being hands-free, uh, you know, in the car or even just while I'm, you know, taking a call around my house. It really is. They really are cool. And uh, even though they are, uh, I, they kind of have a sticker shock price, maybe, uh, I definitely get my money's worth out of them. And so, uh, yeah, AirPods, I'm, I am a big fan of these. They at first, when they first came out, I was like, eh, what, really? But, you know, I kind of uh, slowly, uh, just as Apple does, they they bring you in slowly. And yes, now I'm hook, line, and sinker. I am all in on AirPods. So AirPods 3 are now available. And uh, probably most significantly, though, is now AirPods 2, the previous generation AirPods, are a little bit more affordable. I believe they start at 129 for AirPods 2. So uh, you can... Uh, you can, you know, either get the the newest AirPods or you can save a little bit if you're content with the second generation. Either way, I think you will enjoy them. Well, now let's move on to the second part of the presentation where they introduce new Macs. And 
Of course, this has been rumored now for a while uh, as something that's been coming. And to not, again, to, to try to not get super techie and not dive into all of the, uh, the very, very uh, maybe potentially uh, confusing details, uh, Apple had announced a couple years ago that they were going to transition from using Intel uh, which Intel is the da, 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 uh, that you hear. That was horrible. So you're probably like, okay, dude, that made no sense. Why were you just humming or, or singing a tune right there? Yeah, look, it's Intel. They are the uh, the the probably the up to this point been the most popular uh, maker of of computer processors and so again not going to dive into all of this uh, what all of this means but basically Apple for years used Intel and now they're making their own computer processors uh, which they've been making their own processors and, and chips in their phones for quite a phones and iPads for quite a while but now uh, they've started making it for the computers and uh, with this they launched their first uh, self-made computers with the self-made processor chips in them last year around this time last year they launched the new macbook air a new macbook pro and a new uh, apple or, or mac mini rather that uh, had what they called the m1 chip which i will say i did buy an m1 macbook air and it is an amazing computer it's faster than anything i've ever owned before and they are really powerful. Well, with the this year, they are taking it to an all-new level because they launched not just one, but two new uh, of these processing chips, and uh, they are calling it the M1 Pro and then the M1 Max. Now, I do think M1 Max, I, I observed and others have, that it's kind of confusing because it's Max as in M-A-X, but I can see how that's confusing because I think M1 Max, M-A-C-S, as in M1 MacBooks or computers. Well, so anyways, for sake of clarity, I want you to understand whenever I say M1 Max in this particular episode, we're talking about these new chips. Now, again, Apple did a fantastic job and they always do their best to try to make something very complex seem simple, but uh, I have to give them the lowest score ever of that uh, of, of they've ever uh, in terms of their attempts to do this. In the past, they've made some really cool presentations and things to make things uh, visually, you know, kind of make sense. But this time, it was very, very complicated trying to explain, uh, you know, what all of the, these chips could do and all this stuff. So here's what you need to know. They are really, really fast, and they are really, really powerful. And, and I mean, that's not an understatement. We're already starting to see uh, third-party testers proving this, that, I mean, these are just very, very capable processors, and they are going to make uh, for some very, very powerful computers, which, of course, is kind of the main headline of the event, and that is the all-new MacBook Pros that feature these M1 Pro and M1 Max chips. Now, again, there's a lot of stuff to dive into, uh, but if there was one big headline to take away about these new MacBook Pros, uh, they're really fast and they're really expensive. Now, they have brought back the HDMI, SD card slot, 
headphone jack, uh, and the MagSafe charger, which uh, for years was kind of a, a leading headline feature that uh, that on on Macs on MacBooks I should say, uh, where you could plug uh, your uh, you basically your power was uh, held to your MacBook magnetically. That way, if someone came along and tripped over it, instead of it ripping your your laptop off of your desk or out of your lap and hitting the floor and destroying it, well, it would actually just disconnect because it was just kind of connected. It was just connected very you know firmly, but but you know it would release very easily. It's like a quick release feature with the magnet all that. So they've put that, they, they took that away for several years. There were, uh, probably four or five, uh, generations of, of, uh, these, uh, Apple computers that did not have this feature and now they have brought it back. So that was pretty cool to see because it was, and it was cool to see Apple going back to a lot of just adding the practical things that people need. Because again, for, uh, the past four or five generations of computers, Apple just took away every slot except for, USB-C slash Thunderbolt 4. And if you're like, wait, what is that? Yeah, that's what most people said. They were like, what is this? I mean, all the, again, high-level tech people were like, oh, yeah, this is cool. But most people, they didn't understand what that was. And it really just created this mess where you had to buy all these dongles and whatever. So it is cool to see them bringing it back. Uh, and, and um, of course, they are still including USB-C and the Thunderbolt uh, ability. They've got three of those slots as well. But they've also got the uh, HDMI and SD card and headphone. Those are kind of the main ones that they we never, many people thought that would never come back to Mac, and it has. The Also, uh, speaking of kind of taking steps backwards, which, uh, you know, most people don't think it's a backward step, but for Apple, it kind of seemed like one. They've officially, from these these models of these MacBooks, they have removed the touch bar. So if you're not, sh if you're not uh, aware of what the touch bar is, uh, you weren't missing much. Uh, it's basically this, this little bar, touch screen bar that replaced the function keys at the top of your keyboard. And, you know, they had big ambitions for it. And it was pretty cool in concept, but I had a MacBook with that featured this for a few years. And honestly, I used it to like adjust my screen brightness and turn the volume up and down. And that was really about it. And I transitioned away from that to a computer that doesn't have that. Uh, and honestly, I didn't miss it at all. Uh, so I don't think by and large this will be missed. They've just added back the conventional function keys. And so there's no more touch bar. And when it comes to screen sizes, it comes in a 14 inch and 16 inch configuration with what they call, what Apple calls the XDR display. Again, very, very complex stuff, but it is a very, very good display. It's featured on the latest versions of the iPad Pro. They also have a dedicated uh, external dis XDR display that they that you can buy. It's been available now for several years. It's what Apple uh, introduced this technology on, uh, the standalone displays, which are about four to $5,000, depending on what model you want. Uh, definitely probably one of the most overpriced Apple products ever. But now they're featuring that same display technology right here on these MacBooks. But don't get the idea, even though they are technically uh, definitely more affordable than the standalone displays, 
Yeah, don't get the idea that they're affordable because these Macs start at $19.99 for the 14-inch configuration and $24.99 for the 16-inch. So, you know, we were kind of, I, at least I was, I was hopeful that maybe Apple would come along, introduce this really, really workhorse of a, of a MacBook, and they would price it, you know, come in and replace the, the price of the current MacBooks that they released last year. But no, in what I should have known or should have, I think deep down in my heart, I knew this was going to happen. But again, my I was allowing my optimism to overtake reality, which is what happened was Apple came along and said, no, 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 we're going to keep everything we released last year right at the exact same price point. And now we're just going to add this higher pricing tier of 2000 plus. So that is where we're at in terms of these MacBooks. Now, don't get me wrong. They are amazing computers. And, and if I was, if I didn't, if I just had money to spare, I would be all over this. But unfortunately, this is out of my budget, at least for the time being. And so I will not be getting one of these new MacBooks as much as I would love to have one. And that leads me to kind of this week's challenge slash warning. You know, as if you're in the market for a new computer, whether you're just a you know regular consumer looking to buy one for yourself or your house or for maybe one of your kids, or if maybe you're a church leader and you're you know you are maybe a creative and you're looking for this, I want to caution you about these MacBook Pros because if you go to Apple or Best Buy or anywhere you're very likely going to get pushed towards these new MacBooks because yes, they are faster, they are better, they are the latest, and they have the greatest price tag. However, these M1 Apple computers that came out last year, again, I talked about the MacBook Air, what would be the uh, the 13-inch MacBook Pro, which actually, I'm going to tell you why I think you should avoid that one as well here in a moment, and then the Mac Mini that featured just the regular old M1, which granite is inferior to the M1 Pro and M1 Max. But I will tell you this, the M1 is just mind-blowingly amazing when it comes to performance and power. And it's going to be more than enough for any, what we would say, uh, standard, just average consumer level user. But it's also going to be good for, I would say, the vast majority of even professionals and creatives. And here's why. I have been editing I have edited hours and hours of footage on my M1 MacBook Air over the past year. Uh, I have edited everything from short little two to three minute videos to these 20, 30 plus minute podcast episodes. I even put together an entire uh, uh, an entire uh, uh, short film that I edited. I mean, this I have done all of this editing and I have been incredibly pleased and, and, and had the best experience I've ever had in terms of speed and performance on just what they what is their baseline M1 Mac. Now, again, my experience doesn't necessarily translate to what your experience would be, but I dare say I do more editing than 90% of you out there listening or watching. And so what I'm trying to say is from my experience, I think, and I know that most people will be very, very pleased with just the M1 MacBook Air or Mac Mini uh, because 
these again, these are just still just leaps and bounds ahead of like PCs and even old Mac, uh, Macs and MacBooks. So uh, this M1, the, these M1 MacBooks and Mac Mini, they're much more capable than anything that's ever come before it. And sure, technology will catch up eventually, but I, I would dare say that if you were to buy a MacBook Air or a Mac Mini, uh, it's going to last you for uh, it's going to last an, an average consumer level user for five plus years. And yeah creative who does heavy use on it maybe the next three years but still that is a really really good longevity for a computer i mean if you know anything you buy a windows computer in about a year or two you have to upgrade i can almost guarantee you that you buy one of the m1 apple computers and you are going to be very happy with the performance and it's going to last you a while so what would i recommend i would recommend again that macbook air or the mac mini uh, i would avoid all the MacBook Pro models uh, because, again, these 14 and 16 inch, they're very, very expensive. You can literally get a MacBook Air for half the price. Uh, and, and, and it's and performance-wise, you would not even really notice the difference uh, because you're going to be super happy with, with how it performs. Uh, and the 13-inch that they came out with last year, and I, I, I stand by this because this is kind of the position I took last year, it is basically just a thicker version of the MacBook Air. Uh, it is capable, technically capable of running a hair faster than the MacBook Air, but... Uh, from everything that I've seen and I've read, there's really not much difference. And so if you are going to, if you have budget for, you know, you say, well, I have the budget for maybe the 13 inch MacBook Air, uh, Pro over MacBook Air. I would advise you use that extra budget to beef up your MacBook Air a little bit more. For example, go from eight gigs to 16 gigs of RAM or upgrade your hard drive to 500 gigs or one terabyte even, or your storage, uh, rather on your solid state drive. Uh, I, I, I would do, do that before I would buy the 13-inch MacBook Pro. So again, I would say 90-plus percent of you watching or listening, you don't need a MacBook Pro. You're going to be very happy with a MacBook Air, which again starts at about, a, uh, I think it's $999, or a Mac Mini, which I don't know the price off the top of my head, but I want to say it's either $699 or $799. And obviously, you have to have a screen and a mouse and a keyboard with that because that's a desktop and it's not portable. But, but again, uh, either one of these, uh, I think you're going to be happy. The MacBook Pros are overkill for anyone, especially these new expensive uh, MacBook um, uh, uh, MacBook Pros that they've just come out with. Uh, and I will say though, I, right now I would avoid getting an Intel Mac. Um, and these, this would be the old, old models of Mac. That, like I said, Apple's made the transition from Intel to their own chips and processors. And, and moving forward, it's only a matter of time, uh, in addition to them being inferior in terms of power and speed uh, to these new M1 uh, Mac MacBooks and computers. Um, you know, now that Apple's almost completely transitioned away from Intel computers, uh, it, the days are really numbered on how much longer they're going to support those. Uh, and again, the experience is just going to be so inferior. So yeah, I would say that we have reached a point where let's not don't don't even though you can get something for even cheaper if you're if you buy some like used intel mac i would say spend the extra and get the m1 
Mac. So this is uh, kind of our recap of the Apple event, and I hope that you found this helpful. And I do hope that you uh, uh, that that if you are again in the market for a new computer and you're wanting to buy Apple, I think you're going to you're making a wise choice by buying Apple because it's just a better product. And that's not just my bias speaking. That's you know all kinds of data and consumer reports and everything like that. But you don't that that is where I even though I like Apple. I also, Apple probably doesn't like me a lot as if they care about me, but they probably don't like my advice a lot, I should say, because I discourage you from buying anything really pro model unless you're really a pro and even then you might not need it. And so uh, avoid the MacBook Pros, the iPad Pros, the, the, uh, the even the iPhone pros because these are, are are very often they're just an upsell um, and there's very little difference in performance that's really worth the extra cost so buy it buy this if when it comes bringing it back to to computers in uh, specifically buy a, an m1 macbook air or an m1 mac mini and you will be set for many years to come. Well, thanks for joining me for this episode, whether you are there listening on Church Media HQ or Connection Culture. Again, I hope this was helpful. And if you did find it helpful, take a moment to leave us a review in Apple Podcast. Even if you don't listen in Apple Podcast, you can still leave us uh, a rating and a review there. Let us know what you think that helps these uh, helps our podcast get seen by others. And I do hope again that you're subscribed. Maybe if you've been listening to Church Media HQ for any period of time, you'll jump over to Connection Culture and vice versa if you think that would be beneficial for you. Connection Culture and Church Media HQ, well, they're both productions of the Must Increase Network. And if you want to learn more about Must Increase and what we do for families and churches and more, just head over to mustincrease.com. While you are there, sign up to get these weekly emails so that you don't miss an episode specifically at mustincrease.com slash cc. Now I'm rounding out the episode here and I've got two uh, thoughts to leave you with that I always leave with our respective audiences. So Church Media HQ, let's talk to you first. I want to challenge you at your church. It's time for you to try something new. Why? Well, because it is so much better to fail at trying something incredible than it is to succeed at doing just the average. And now, speaking to Connection Culture and really just a broader audience to anyone out there, I wanna encourage you to get behind what you believe in. Share this content with others that you believe would benefit from it. Because when you do that, you're becoming, you're playing a small but significant role in being a creative contributor. Because we need more creative contributors. We, we need less people that exclusively consume and people that do more to create and contribute because you're going to find that it's so much more fulfilling to be a meaningful creative contributor than it is to be just a mindless constant consumer. I'll see you next time right here on Church Media HQ or Connection Culture. (laughs) 